Some people are full of Christmas spirit. They go out of their way to make other people's Christmases unforgettable. Check what your soft toy is stuffed with this year. Hi, and welcome to the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Toys, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. Settle down by the fire, get something warm to drink and listen to my tale. You should all know how it ends by now. Everyone does. But you won't know what really happened. They kept that part secret. It was a couple of days before Christmas. I'm an airline pilot and I was scheduled in for a flight to New York. It was to be my last long haul flight before the winter break. I'd worked through Christmas other years, so I was glad to be having the full 10 days off. I fly out of Manchester, and sometimes, especially when I'm a bit early, I like to walk through the departure lounge. Kids ask for pics. People see that we are accessible, and there is no doubt that ladies love a uniform too. This particular time, I'd been stopped by an older lady, perhaps in her 70s, and she asked for a picture with me. Her sister was with her and was going to take the picture. When she was messing around with the camera, I noticed a young boy, perhaps six years old, watching me from the next line of chairs. I waved at him and he waved back, tapping his father on the leg to tell him that I'd waved. Dad waved too. The old lady's sister was now ready to take the picture and she wanted to take several. I noticed that a couple of teenage girls were waiting close by, giggling. They were taking a selfie with me in the background. After I'd finished with the two old ladies, I walked over to them and asked if they wanted a proper pic. They did. When I turned to go, I looked at the boy again. He and his family were still there, but now there was an old man in a black overcoat there too. Perhaps this was Grandpa. I could only see him from the back. I decided to go and speak to the lad. As I got closer, the old man walked away and I noticed that the boy was now holding a teddy bear, which I hadn't seen before. The boy's mother took a picture of me. The boy's mother took a picture of me, the boy and his father. He's had a lovely day already, the mother said. Not even on holiday and he's got a free teddy and a picture with a pilot. Was that not Grandpa? I asked. Oh no, he just wandered up and said he was giving out toys for Christmas. He had a couple of bears with him, she said. What a lovely gesture, I said. It's nice to know in this day and age that the Christmas spirit isn't dead. We said our goodbyes and I checked my watch. I didn't have long now. A couple of rows down, I saw the old man again, this time giving a bear to a little girl. I decided I was going to speak to him, tell him what a wonderful thing he was doing. As I walked towards him, he again turned to go. For a split second, I saw his face in the mirror opposite. It was the most dreadful face I had ever seen. Black holes for eyes, with blood dripping down. A slashed mouth, stitched crudely with green thread and fangs. My breath caught in my throat. What the hell did I just see? Surely it didn't look like that or the kids would be screaming. I banked around the rows of seats, avoiding people now who were calling out to meet me. 
when I could finally see him from the front. What I saw was a normal face. Just a regular, thin-faced old man. Yes, his hair was unkempt and too long for his age, but he wasn't disfigured. I must have stood too long staring at him, because he noticed me. He began to trek along the rows again, until he spotted a baby on the next row. He kept his eyes trained on me. As he turned the corner, he tipped his hat to me. Then he flashed his true face to me again, and grinned. I stepped back. The first time was no illusion. I kept on reversing without looking, not thinking of what I was doing. I half fell over a lady trying to rearrange her hand luggage. Don't mind me, dearie. I hope you aren't flying my plane, though, she said. The lady jolted me out of my state and I looked back for the man, but he'd gone. I walked in a daze towards the plane. I didn't imagine the old man. He was real, giving out toys. But why? He felt like a ghost, a demon, just something evil with an agenda. What was I supposed to do? Go and find each kid that had a teddy and rip it out of their hand? I took my seat at the controls with the co-pilot. You're quiet, he said. What? I asked, surprised. We've sat here for twenty minutes and you haven't said one word. Aren't you feeling well? You don't look it, he said. I realised I didn't feel well now, and I felt bewildered. No, I don't feel brilliant, I admitted. This is going to be a long flight. Are you up for it, he asked. Yeah, I said. The plane began to board, and for this flight, the passengers had to walk across the tarmac. I gazed outside, watching them excitedly coming towards us. Then I noticed the boy. The first boy, the one who I had a picture with, was on this flight, and I hadn't known. He had the bear by the hand. It dangled from his grasp, nearly dragging on the wet ground. Before he got to the steps, the bear's head turned towards me. It grinned, slashed mouth black holes for eyes, fangs. I must have started hyperventilating because Jake the co-pilot was tapping me on the arm saying something but I couldn't hear him. The blood was rushing so loud in my ears. I didn't want to be here. I had to get off. Will, are you all right? Will, what's going on? I finally heard him say. I can't fly. I, I think something's wrong, I said. Jake immediately got up and called for another pilot. There is often one pretty close or one we can move around a bit. The most important thing is that an ill pilot doesn't fly when he has so many lives in his hands. Yes, probably the passengers would have a small delay, but at least they would get there all right. Jake got one of the stewardesses to accompany me back to the pilot's lounge. Once I was there, I felt exhausted and I curled up falling asleep on one of the sofas. An hour or so later, a distant bustling and noise started to rouse me out of my sleep. Something was wrong. I sat up. My heart was beating fast in my chest. I had known this. I had known in my bones that something was going to go wrong. I was alone in the lounge, 
and walked warily towards the door and popped my head out. People were running this way and that, crying or shouting. Then there was an announcement saying all flights were cancelled and there would be further safety advice soon. Did someone have a bomb? Should I stay back in the lounge? I needed to know. I actually felt better than I had on the plane, even amongst this chaos. The place was overrun with passengers, panicking and shouting. One asked me what was going on, and I had to admit that I didn't know. Then I saw a steward running past us, and I grabbed him by the coat. What's happened? I asked. Three planes have called in an emergency and have been diverted to land at the nearest airport, he said breathlessly. All planes are grounded until they work out what the hell's going on. What? Why? I asked. No one knows yet, but they aren't blowing up. The pilots have said that there is a fight or something on board and they need to land as soon as possible, the steward said. What about the New York flight? I asked. That's still here. The replacement pilot arrived, but now they're stuck on the ground like all the others, he said. I still had time to save them. I ran to the boarding gate. The airport was in chaos. Thousands of pissed off people wandering around aimlessly, wondering what they should do next. By the time I got to the gate, the plane had gone. It was taxiing to the runway in the vain hope that they might still get off the ground tonight. At that point, I think something inside me snapped. I started kicking the door to the sky bridge in a desperate attempt to get to them, to try and save them. It wouldn't budge. I was just about to try one of the windows when a body crashed into me, bringing me to the ground. I lashed out with my feet and my fists. I wasn't going to be stopped now. Some of my punches must have made contact, as eventually whoever was holding me down started to loosen their grip. I stood up, hoping to see the old man holding his nose in pain, but it wasn't. It was one of the desk clerks. I started kicking the window again. I had to reach the plane and save them. Freeze! A voice shouted from behind. It sounded serious. I stopped kicking and turned around. I was looking down the barrel of two guns. I tried to explain. I tried to tell them about the teddy and the old man. They wouldn't listen. No one would. Even when the first plane landed and they accessed the passenger area, they didn't believe me. And what did they find? All the passengers in the cabin crew were dead. It was only the security door that saved the pilots. They had to try and land the plane while listening to the screams and cries of poor souls on the other side. When they removed the bodies, it seemed that on each flight... There was always a child who had suffered the worst and most horrific injuries. In every case, the child's body had been torn to pieces, disemboweled and blown open, like something had violently ripped out their insides. The rest of the crew and passengers had all died from a variety of deep gouges and cuts, but all had their eyes removed, and a smile slashed into their face, just like him. No toys were found on the plane, so I had nothing to prove my story, and I was put on long-term sick leave. I narrowly avoided being committed. No more planes flew that night, or for two days after. 
Luckily, there were no other incidents. I don't know if the toys had a limited life. It's nearly a year since the event. I hope to God he isn't trying again. If your child gets given a toy by a kindly old man, put it straight in the bin. That was A Dark Christmas Tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about further stories in this series or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.